T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Saints Coaches Show. Mike Hoss here in studio. Bobby Bear is at the Silver Slipper, and it was a bittersweet weekend of sorts. Not so much for today, of course, LSU and Tulane, huge wins. But for the Saints who go to Philadelphia and knock off a 13-2 team that needed to win to you know, secure the number one seed, do so 20 to 10 uh, and just dominate offensively and defensively in that first half and make some some crucial plays. Again, Bobby Bears at the Silver Slipper. We're joined now by Saints head coach Dennis Allen and, and just talking about the win, coach. And of course, we'll, we'll break it all down further, but 13 and two team needing desperately to win to get that number one seed. You go on the road and you dominate offense and defense early. And then in that fourth quarter, when you needed it, your offense and your defense closed the door. Yeah, look, this was a game that we knew um, going in, obviously, that we were playing a really good team. Uh, They were, you know, one of the top teams uh, in the league, both offensively and defensively. We knew that it was going to be a tough matchup. Uh, We knew that we needed to uh, control the time of possession. And so to be able to do that, we knew we were going to have to run the ball and run it effectively. We knew we were going to have to stay in manageable third down situations. We knew we were going to have to convert on third down. You know, we knew defensively we were going to have to, you know, get them, get them into some longer third down situations and then be able to get off the field when we did. And, you know, I really thought, you know, in the first half, I thought we did an outstanding job of doing both those things. I think it was – you know, a little over 22 minutes to like seven minutes time of possession in the first half. And, and, you know, we did all the things that we needed to do in the first half that we talked about being able to do to win the game. Uh, and then, you know, in the second half, you know, we struggled a little bit offensively in the second half. We gave up, a you know, one, one drive and really one play uh, defensively, you know, which made it a, a, a contested game. And we knew going into halftime, we knew – you know, that this was a championship caliber team that we were playing. And so we knew we were going to get their best shot coming back out. Um, you know, we took a couple body blows there for a little bit. And at the end of the day, uh, we were able to, you know, make enough plays and provide the knockout punch there at the end with the interception for a touchdown. Now, uh, Coach Allen, before I get uh, to the great accomplishment, individual accomplishment, it's a team sport, but Cam Jordan, what he was able uh, to achieve – to surpass uh, the great uh, Ricky Jackson, uh, city champ, as uh, the top New Orleans Saints career sack list. You look at that, uh, you, we got to mention and, and elaborate on that. But I, I don't know. Uh, Coach Allen, I'm not just telling that, and I've said this a number of times because uh, you're on the show. 
That was the greatest first half of Saints football in the history of the franchise. I'm talking about 50-plus years. I've witnessed a lot. Uh, I've been a part of this. But I thought how we set the tone. You know, you always want to get off to a fast start. But I'm talking about keep the Eagles fans quiet. We go 15 plays, 75 yards, basically a nine-minute drive. And to say the least, dominate the first half. We had 247 yards uh, to 61, and we didn't give up a first down until 12 seconds left at halftime. This is like a homecoming game, what you have in college. No, what we did in the first half, I'm telling you, Saints fans, the Houdat Nation, have not witnessed that kind of dominance. And considering it's coming against the Eagles, and they played for the number one seed, I'm telling you, it is the greatest performance in the first half of Saints football in history. Well, look, listen, Bobby, I appreciate that. I, I, I think, you know, I think a lot of credit has to go to, you know, the players and the assistant coaches and, you know, being able to put a plan together that gives our chance that our team a chance to go out and have success. I think the mindset of our team was we're going up to Philadelphia and we're going up there for one reason and one reason only, and that's to win a game. And, um, you know, we knew that there weren't going to be a lot of people on the outside of this building that felt like we had much of a chance. But uh, I think our guys in this building uh, felt confident in being able to go up there and 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 put a put put a good showing together. And so, um, I tell you, it, it, gave, it gave me a little bit of appreciation for you know the Houdat Nation. You got a 13 and two team; they give up one touchdown, and all of a sudden, you know, the Boo Birds are out in in, in full force. So. Uh, we knew at that point that, you know, we had an advantage in the game. Yeah, it shows you how tough the Philly fans are. Uh, now, uh, Coach, I want to look at, uh, and I think you somewhat of a historian. You know the, the game, appreciate the game. And I think it's just being able to answer the bell. Uh, to be held accountable, you got to be available. And I look at Cam Jordan, when I read this, I go, whoa. Uh, if you know football, you know these cats. Uh, this is an exclusive fraternity uh, Cam Jordan joins. Hall of Famer Reggie White and John Randall as the only players in NFL history to record at least seven and a half sacks in 11 straight seasons. Well, I, I, I look at that, 11 straight seasons. You might say, well, it's not double digits, but that means all these other great players, Lawrence Taylor and all that, they didn't do any of this because they weren't always available. So when I saw Reggie White, John Randall, Cam Jordan, the only ones in NFL history to record at least seven and a half sacks, 11 straight seasons. Come on, that speaks volumes right there. Yeah, look, no question. I mean, I think Cam has been like the epitome of what you're looking for uh, in, a, in, a, in a player for your franchise, um, both in terms of how he plays the game, uh, in terms of how he represents the organization on and off the field. Uh, I think that's just... You know, it's outstanding. And, and, look, I've said for a number of years that I think Cam Jordan is the best all-around defensive end in our game, and I still feel like he's playing at a very, very high level. And I, I, it's cool to see when people start to recognize and you start naming names like Reggie White or John Randall or in Saints history, Ricky Jackson, you, you begin to really realize what a great player this guy has been uh, and continues to be. 
And coach, finally, with Cam's situation, and you, when you talk about City Champ and Ricky Jackson, you know it took COVID and an orbital, you know, eye fracture, and really he wanted to play to keep him off the field. And so the guy he passed, Ricky Jackson, you you weren't here, I was uh, in 1989. He had a horrible car accident, had his jaw wired shut, special helmet, plastic surgery, missed two games. Two games. I mean, that's the kind of guy Cam and, and Ricky are. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and look, um, Ricky Jackson's still intimidating to this day when I see him on the sideline. <laughs> you know, he's just got that scowl on his face. And uh, but what a great player he was. And, and look, I think Cam's kind of a throwback to that to that era. You know, um, the way he just continues to show up and play. And really, you know, there's nothing that's there's nothing that he's ever done that's that's allowed him to miss a game. Uh, it's really been because of the league protocols on COVID, where he would have played um, had it been his option. Uh, and we, as a as a medical staff and as a as an organization, coaching staff, uh, we weren't going to put him in the game with that orbital fracture and, and you know risk you know further injury to that to that eye and and, and significant injury to that eye. So. Uh, it just speaks to how much he loves the game of football and, and how important it is to him and just how tough of an individual he really is. More with Saints head coach Dennis Allen. Got to step aside, take a break. By the way, the Carolina game has been set. That will be Sunday at noon, Caesars Superdome. Step aside, it's the Saints Coaches Show on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to the Saints Coaches Show. Mike Austin Studio. Bobby Abair is at the Silver Slipper. And Saints head coach Dennis Allen with us tonight after the big 20-10 victory in Philadelphia. So you talked earlier today. I heard you talk about the defense. And the last seven games have given up 20 points or less. In the last nine games, the defense has given up an average of just 15 points. So I want to talk about that. But also one particular play that I thought was interesting, and that's 
Fourth quarter, 10 minutes to play. You're only up three, 13-10. And the Eagles have a fourth and one at midfield. And they use that formation that they just used a week earlier against Dallas where they just literally line up Dallas Goddard and Sanders and they just push Gardner Minshew uh, across the goal line. And that was a huge job by your defensive front to stop him there. Yeah, look, it was a, it was a play that we anticipated in, in a fourth and one situation play that they've really run multiple times. I think they I think they were like 24 times they'd run that quarterback sneak like that and they had uh, converted on 22 of those. And so man it was really awesome to see our guys. We we had a way that we wanted to defend it and really what it amounted to was really just a rugby scrum and you know two two sides of the line of scrimmage just pushing against each other as best they could and uh, to see our guys come up with a stop in that situation and, and see the, you know, the, the enthusiasm in their, in their face and their attitude coming off the field was, was really awesome to see. Now, uh, you know, Coach Allen, uh, I think when you first got hired, I was like saying, okay, what are we going to do against Philadelphia in 2022? And you go, Bobby, why are you asking me that? Uh, but I'm looking at, to me, this is unbelievable. Compared to what happened in 2019 and 2000, uh, you know, or I should say, yeah, what, not 2019, uh, 2020 and 2021, where they basically were averaging 250 yards to so only hold them to 67 yards. You might say, well, they didn't have Jalen Hurts and all that, but still, to me, I, I think overall how we set the tone uh, with our run defense, uh, I mean, uh, to me, what, what was outstanding. And I know you probably challenged the players. And uh, you don't see too many games uh, that you have 13 sacks in one game. This is not a whole month. This is like 13 sacks in one game, and we were able to get six. But uh, I I thought, um, and uh, you might not admit that to me right now, but I know you had to challenge that front seven and the whole defensive units that were not giving up basically 250 yards again (laughs) going forward. Yeah, look, you know, we, we, we challenged the defense. We really didn't talk a lot about 20 and 21. We just focused on what we need to do and how we need to uh, play these guys. And, and uh, you know, certainly Jalen Hurts helps in terms of their run game. But I thought our guys up front did, a, did an outstanding job of being able to stop the run. And, and you know, when you look at it, uh, you know, I know they had seven sacks, but we were able to run the ball and run the ball effectively on them. And so – I think it's a I think it's a testament to um, you know the players and the coaches up front of being unselfish and earning the right to rush the passer, stop the run, uh, and 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 then be able to to get after the passer. I think that's it's pretty awesome to see, and that's it's something that we've kind of been accustomed to around. Now uh, you know, Coach Allen, the one thing uh, staying along the lines of uh, they might know you're running. Uh, or, you know, it could be on uh, whether you're, you're going against this or it's in your favor. But even though you know you're running, can you still run? I thought how we closed out the games, that has to be really humbling for the Eagles in their meeting rooms. Uh, when, when, I, when I saw this, you called six consecutive running plays, uh, the last of which, uh, you know, uh, Alvin Kamara got that 14-yard gain that converted a third down and allowed the Saints to run out the clock. And then you look uh, look at Taysom. Carried the ball five times to 29 yards in a game-clinching drive. It didn't matter if, if the Eagles knew we were running. They couldn't freaking stop us. I mean, that is very humbling 
if you're going against the best of the best and to be able to hit a game that way. I, see how, I, I saw how pumped up you were on the sidelines. I would be pumped up too because I'm like, hey, it doesn't matter if they know what we're doing. We're going to shove it down their throat. Yeah, it was that, that was that was friggin' awesome. Um, you know, we ran the same play, same exact formation, same exact motion, same exact play, five straight times, um, and and uh, you know, I, it, look at the end of the day, you know what's coming, we know what's coming, and and we just said, hey, look, we're just gonna keep on freaking running it until they stop it, and uh, uh, you know that was uh, man, that was. That was awesome to see. And really, you know, when you, when you think about that, we, you know, we, we did that with really basically three of our starting offensive linemen out of the game. Uh, and, and, and I thought those guys did a great job of, you know, taking that situation and, and taking advantage of it and closing out the game. Coach, uh, a couple of quick ones. Uh, first off, because uh, one of the uh, texters had asked, who got uh, the game ball yesterday or game balls? Well, look, we don't make a whole big habit of giving out game balls because really it's, you know, it's not really about the individual efforts. It's about the, the team effort. But anytime you uh, set a franchise record, uh, <laughs> you deserve a little bit of uh, recognition. And, and so Cam, Cam Jordan got the game ball, uh, you know, big team, kind of medium me for him. And, and the other part was, of that was, you know, big day for Alvin and Taysom and, and Dalton. But if you look at the youth and the nucleus of, of a Rashid Shahid and a Juwan Johnson and a Chris Olave and those guys, all average double digits as far as receptions. And, and just really watching them progress this year has been uh, significantly impressive. Yeah, look, I think we've had a, 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 a pretty good group of young guys that have, that have stepped up and, and made contributions to our football team. And as this season has gone on, they've gotten better and better and better and better. And I think you're seeing the production increase in, in, with those guys. And uh, that's, it, it's, it's exciting to, to think about what that's going to look like in the future. The future is next Sunday against Carolina at Caesars Superdome. Noon kickoff. We're back after a break. It's the Saints Coaches Show on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Welcome back. We're talking with Saints head coach Dennis Allen. And we talk about Carolina a little bit in just a second. But I, I did want to ask you, we haven't really talked too much about him. That's the, the return of Marshawn Lattimore. And it is the classic going to the well once too often for Gardner Minshew. Because you could just feel... Marshawn zeroing in. He almost had a pick about two passes before, and on that pick six, his, his eyes never left Minshew, and he was he just he sat on it and jumped it perfectly. Yeah, look, it was a play that they had run earlier in the game and and beat us on that slant route, and you know it was a short completion and a tackle, um, and we kind of made a little adjustment over there on the sideline. You know, I thought the the, the coaches and 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 the players did a good job of adjusting to that. Um, and look, he made it. He made a great play, and I thought I thought Lattimore played well in the game, and it was really good to have him back out there. Now, uh, you know, Coach Allen. Before I ask you this question, uh, and, and Hoss was talking to you about this. I don't know. Maybe he's done this in practice. I have not seen Rashid Shahid drop anything. I don't care. It might be a punt over his head, whatever. Now you want him to have, uh, I guess, better placement as a returner. But it, I don't care if it's cold, a controlled environment, whatever. If I look at if he has six targets, he's having six catches. Uh, whatever it might be, to me, you're talking about a pleasant surprise. 
considering he's not there in the OTAs and uh, training camp, Rashid Shaheed. And we've had drops this year. You know, I always take up for the quarterbacks. But Rashid Shaheed has not dropped anything. I want you to comment on that. And then the second part, uh, I mean, you look at the linebackers. And uh, you involved on the, on the defensive side at the highest level. And again, uh, are you available? Demario Davis now six straight seasons of 100-plus tackles. You know, he finally got acknowledged. You know, to me, uh, all pros more than the Pro Bowl, but he got acknowledged for the Pro Bowl. But uh, who's coming on strong? Uh, you know, Pete Werner's been outstanding, but Caden Ellis. Caden Ellis giving him snaps, opportunities. He's been right up there with Double D. So just uh, comment on all what I just said. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, Bobby, look. Look, Rashid Shahid's a guy that, I mean, you guys were, were, were going through the roster and couldn't even figure out who this guy was when he first walked out there at training camp. And, and to see his growth and what he's been able to accomplish. And, uh, you know, again, small school, Weaver State, uh, thought we had a return specialist, uh, didn't really realize what we were going to have in terms of a receiver. Um, you know, just seeing his explosiveness, we thought, well, man, we got we to find some ways to get this guy incorporated. And, and you know, as, as he began to learn more and more of the offense, uh, we began to get more and more trust in him, and, and he's, really, he's really developed into a really good receiver. And you're right, he's got really good hands. He's got excellent speed. He's got great transitional uh, quickness. Uh, so he gets in and out of routes uh, exceptionally well. And uh, he's just – look, that's, that's, that's the cool thing about this job is, is seeing these young guys uh, continue to develop and, and get better. And, and so that's been cool to see, you know, uh, uh, DeMario, you know, much like Cam, you know, he's been available, you know, he's been out there and, and playing, you know, all the snaps and, and he's just been a huge part of what we do. And then, you know, you see these young guys continue to, to develop, you know, Caden Ellis is, you know, didn't get a whole lot of opportunities. And then all of a sudden it was his turn and he stepped up and made plays and, uh, Pete Warner was the same way, uh, you know, particularly early in the year because, you know, you, you, we, we felt good about him last year, but yet you didn't know exactly what you had. And he missed some training camp, but yet once he got healthy, when he's been healthy, he's played really well for us. And, uh, you know, Coach Allen, when you say, uh, you know, you take advantage of opportunity and obviously, uh, you know, you get evaluated game in and game out. Uh, I thought like back-to-back games, I'm putting Carl Grandison up there. Uh, Carl Grandison uh, is outstanding. Uh, look at the Cleveland Eagles game. I'm looking at his numbers, whether it's sacks or quarterback hurries, tackle for a loss. Uh, he has an impact on the outcome of the game. Yeah, look, and, and Carl helps us on special teams too. So Carl's been playing outstanding, you know, and that's just, you know, you get these guys that they just love football and they come to work every single day, and they have talent. And when you come to work every day and you have talent, you get better, and that's what, that's what he's done. And, and so, man, it's cool to see. Hey, Coach, it's uh, always a, a tough, long off season when there's no playoffs, but there's still a game left, and I, you know, because you, you're going to have to through the draft, and it'll always be the record, the record, the record, the record. So i got to believe that the difference – it's just one game, but the difference between 8 and 9 and 7 and 10 for what – for a long off season is significant, correct? Yeah, and look, we, you know, 
after a disappointing loss at Tampa Bay, um, you know, we came back after the bye week and we said, you know what, we don't control um, we don't control our own destiny, but what we do control is how we play over the next four weeks. And so we just kind of set a goal that says, hey, look, we're, we're going to go 4-0. And, and and that's our that's our objective. And, and so uh, we've accomplished 75% of that. we got one more to go. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to getting out there and playing in front of the home crowd on Sunday. Well, it's been a great three-game stretch uh, with Atlanta, then two back-to-back on the road, Cleveland and Philly with a lot on the line. Congrats and, and good luck uh, this final week uh, with, with Carolina and, and uh, finish up, just like you say, with four straight. Okay, guys. Appreciate it. All right, Coach. Let's pause 10 seconds to let stations identify themselves here on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Lots more coming your way on the Saints Coaches Show with Bobby Bear. Also, Mike Dettelier will join us at the end of the show. But next up is going to be senior defensive assistant Peter Genta. Decades in college and NFL, his seventh season as a senior defensive assistant. Back with that and more on the Saints Coaches Show on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Well, welcome back to the Saints Coaches Show. Mike Austin Studio. Bobby's at the Silver Slipper. We're also joined by senior defensive assistant for the Saints, Peter Genta, in his seventh season. And that role is four decades as a college coach and NFL coach, won a national title, part of three Super Bowl teams, once with the Rams, twice with the Giants. Welcome to the show, Coach. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me. So uh, there have been, uh, as we talked with Coach Allen about setting the tone, and I, I don't know if you could draw it up any better when you talk about defensively setting the tone of that game. And Philly starts out with five straight three and outs. And I think if we were to ever get Gardner Minshew in a bar and ask him really, truly about a collapsing pocket, he would say, what pocket? I mean, first two plays of the games were sacks, and man, he was just never comfortable because of the pressure. No, that's true. That's true. Dennis did a great job, you know, with the pressures called and mixing the coverages, and it kept him off balance. Now, Coach Pete, uh, looking at have you ever been part of a game where it was like total domination uh, from the get-go? And that the bottom line is they didn't get a first down until 12 seconds left before half. I, I said this to Coach Allen. I mean, 247 to 61 yards, that's like a homecoming game. You know, when you're going back high school, college, who you played and you think you're going to win. But have you ever been part of that type of, type of dominating performance in a half? Now, you want that the whole game, and, and that's what you strive for. But to me, that first half was unbelievable. It, it certainly was. The offense set the tone. They, they, they converted, I think, three or four straight third downs. And uh, on that opening drive, took it in for a touchdown. And I think it got the whole uh, Eagles organization out of whack. Uh, you know, our guys drove the ball again and again, free and out. For us, it, it just it snowballed for us in the first half. It was it was great. I mean, everybody executed the plan, offense, defense, special teams, and it was total domination. Now, uh, you know, Coach Pete, you look at it like you said. Uh, you look at the Eagles. Uh, they were third in uh, total offense, averaging uh, right under 400 yards a game. They led the league uh, 30 plus points, even with Gardner Minshew, they scored uh, 34 against Dallas. But then, like you said, you force uh, three and outs on the Eagles' first four possession. And then, you know, you have to look at the whole uh, game. But just one uh, touchdown in 12 offensive series. Now, to me, that that's almost you think it would be a misprint, but that actually is what happened. Now, the question I have for you 
is considering how Carolina and how they structured that uh, in an NFL game. To me, you could see a game. Well, well, look at that. Well, that team got gashed. They gave up 200 yards. But when Carolina, before, uh, what was it, the Jets game, before uh, the Buccaneers game? No, that, that was the Lions, not the Jets, the Lions. They gave up 300 yards rushing. So I, I would think that defensively, that I, I know if we don't stop Carolina from uh, running, they're not doing anything else. Even though, uh, you look at Sam Darnold, he was highly successful uh, against Tampa Bay. I mean, we we're all excited. They're up 14-0. to zero. Sam Darnold had, had thrown his third touchdown pass uh, 10 seconds into the fourth quarter, and they're up 21 to 10, but it was not enough. But I know coming off the bus, uh, you know, we always say that saying. That's a, probably a high school saying, uh, Coach Pete. But it'd be like, uh, I know if we don't stop Carolina from running, they're not doing anything else. Uh, that, that, you know, that, we'll get up. We'll, we'll stop the run. We'll warp the box if we have to. And, you know, we'll challenge our guys, you know, to be able to cover on the outside. Uh, and we'll mix our coverages, mix the pressures, mix our fronts, um, you know, to keep Sam off, off balance and, and uh, you know, our guys do a great job up front, and our linebackers do a really good job of stopping the run. So, uh, you know, we're we're ready for them. We, we own from the last time we played them. Coach, when you look, I want to go back a little bit because it's 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 been such an important year for both. But in training camp, so Pete Warner was was hurt. He's second round pick last year, but wasn't you know around much during camp. And then Caden Ellis, twenty nineteen, the seventh round pick in training camp. Could you get any sense of what was coming? Uh, down the road for either of these guys that they were just going to be, when Warner got on the field, was just going to unleash. And then when Caden finally got a chance, like he had that kind of, you know, just, uh, I know you had the ability, but I just, I'm just i curious as to what you saw in training camp. And now look at the two guys that, that are on the field now. Yeah, Caden had, had an excellent training camp. He's, you know, he's performed very well for us whenever we've asked him to play. Uh, he's a big, strong, physical player, um, studies hard, prepares very hard. You know, Mike Hodges does a great job, you know, with him. And you know, he gives us a lot as far as the pass rusher goes. So, I mean, he had a really, really good training camp. And all he needed was, you know, playing time, playing experience. You know, when when you don't have the preseason games and a number of practice opportunities like we used to have back in the day when Bobby was playing and, you know, I started in the league, it, it, it's harder on those young players to develop. Uh, and, you know, the more playing time he's got, he's gotten better and better every opportunity he's gotten, Caden. And, you know, and Pete wanted, you know, unfortunately he got hurt, but he's a very instinctive, smart player and does a great job. You know, he does the same kind of thing. You, you need the reps. You need to get out and play and, you know, gain that experience to be a really effective football player. And, no. you know, he, he's got a great future ahead of him, Pete. Now, uh, you know, Coach Pete, I was looking at this. Uh, you know, it seems like the rules and how it's structured, you got to uh, – it's always been can you affect the opposing quarterback. But, you know, they protect uh, the quarterback, but you still got to influence uh, the quarterback, maybe forcing him into uh, to negative plays. So uh, I even look at, like, where the Eagles are at, and I'm going to tell the who that nation is. This is not an opinion. This is actually what has happened in a handful of seasons, but – Coming into the game, uh, the Eagles had an NFL high, 61 sacks. Now they added seven more, uh, you know, to that total. 
They became the fifth team in NFL history to record at least 68 sacks in a season and the first since 1989, the Vikings. But you know what I was telling Mike to tell you this, and Hoss, listen to this. You look at the last six seasons. Uh, the Steelers are off the chart, 305 sacks. Do you know the New Orleans Saints have eight more sacks uh, than the Philadelphia Eagles? Now, uh, we third in the NFL the last six seasons. The Eagles are fourth. And just look how we think of the Eagles. I think we need to get more damn respect uh, because we've gotten after the opposing quarterback when you look at sack totals. Now, you always want to be high 40s or low 50s. And I think that's where we're going to end up. Then you're always amongst the best in top five. But a lot of people wouldn't know that trivia question, uh, Coach Pete, that we actually have eight more sacks than the Eagles the last six seasons. Yeah, our guys do a great job up front rushing the passer. And, you know, the guys do a great job on the back end, you know, in coverage trying to, you know, buy time for the pass rush to get there. You know, we pride ourselves in disrupting the receivers at the line of scrimmage to buy those uh, pass rushers the extra chance to get there. And, you know, Ryan Nielsen and, and, and Brian, you know, BY, they, they do a great job with the pass rush games. Mike Hodges, you know, the linebackers and, and the D line working together and, and, uh, you know, they, they do a great job of getting after. And we, you know, say that's the number one example of team defense is, is when you get sacks because it's cover. You got to cover the guys, and those guys got to get there. So it's just everybody working hand in hand, you know, to create sacks. And, you know, people don't look at the number of pressures, you know, and hits on the quarterbacks. And our guys do a great job. But if, if they're not getting sacks, they're getting pressures, they're getting hits, you know, they're batting balls down. And, you know, all those things are critical. And the, the biggest thing is what's the quarterback's rating at the end of the game? And, you know, our guys have done a really good job of keeping those quarterback ratings down the majority of the games. We don't give up the 178 yards. The rating is, is going to be really great for us. You know, Coach Pete, yeah, uh, when I look at that, one more, Hoss, uh, that you know how how we've played the last, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, half a dozen, seven games, whatever, our scoring defense, and uh, really uh, the who that nation, we look at like, boy, our defense has been dominant on the back end, but we need it to be that way maybe from the get-go. You know one area, Coach Pete, that we have been dominant now, this is two years plus, again, this is not an opinion, is red zone defense. Red zone defense, uh, we've been top five now back-to-back seasons. Again, that's not an opinion. That's actually what has happened. You know, I don't, I don't know if you describe it, Ben, but don't break. And then maybe you get a turnover, which we, maybe we didn't do enough of. But even forcing a field goal. Our red zone defense has been outstanding. Anytime you top five, uh, that, that's not an opinion. Like I said, top five the past two seasons. Yeah, thanks. You know, uh, Dennis and uh, Chris Richard, you know, done a great job with the red zone defense. Chris and, and obviously under Dennis is in charge of the red zone area for us, and he's done a great job teaching our guys the system and what we want to play in the red zone, and our guys have responded. We've worked very hard at becoming a, a really good red zone defense, and the guys take great pride in defending every last play of the grass and not letting guys into the end zone, and that goes along you know, with our short yard goal line defense as well. So and our guys take great pride in not letting guys in the end zone, making them kick field goals. We're taking the ball away. We haven't taken the ball away as much as we'd like this season, but we've done a really good job, like you said, of defending that red zone area, not letting them in the end zone. 
Well, Coach, also the last nine games, your defense or part of that defense, you know, averaged uh, giving up just 15 points a game in the last nine. So impressive there. Impressive victory in Philadelphia. Continued success. Another victory in Carolina on Sunday, and we appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Mike and Bobby. Thanks very much. It's always great talking to you guys, and uh, Happy New Year to both of you, and thanks very much for all your support. Thank you, Happy Bob. New Year, Coach Happy Pete. New Year to you as well. Bobby, we will say goodbye to you, my friend, and we will bring All Mike right. Tillier back. Thank you, as always. We'll come back. We'll talk with Mike Tillier. A huge Monday night game and still a lot to be decided in both conferences for the number one seed. Mike Tillier, as the Saints Coaches Show, rose on here on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Welcome back to the Saints Coaches Show. Mike Hoss in studio. We go back to the Silver Slipper where Mike Tillier joins us in Monday night football. I don't know. The, the NFL just seems to have fallen but backwards into it, a great finale for for the last couple of weeks. So as they stand tonight, it's Buffalo at Cincinnati. Cincinnati's won seven straight. Buffalo's won six straight. There are three teams in each conference that can still be the number one seed and two wild cards still to be determined. So however it worked out, it worked out well for the NFL. Mike, no question about it. And to have this game – and it's the final Monday night football game. Man, you didn't, you didn't hit goal. But think about this weekend and what you got to see in the two final four teams for college football and then what we watched this afternoon with Tulane USC. That's why football is king. It, it takes shots every once in a while, but good gracious, if it's college football, uh, the ratings for these games are, are through the roof. And tonight, uh, they've got people that think because there are a number of people who had off today, this could be the highest ranked Monday night a watch game since week one. And so, man, it is unbelievable you fall into this and how so many teams are still relevant late in the year. And we saw it yesterday, Bobby and I, we were scoreboard watching. You know, we, you, know you were kind of pulling for the Vikings, which <laughs> they didn't do that. That didn't take long. <laughs> that, yeah, no, that was uh, two blinks and it was over right. with uh, on that deal. But it goes to show you the power of it. But, you know, it was shocking. We watching the first half and they was like, okay, you, you got a, st- uh, a stats deal to do at halftime. Okay, stats for the Eagles. What stats? <laughs> <laughs> ain't got no stats for the Eagles. Uh, Bob and I talked about this. It, for me, it's one of the most dominating first halves. Bob thinks it's the most dominating first half he's ever seen uh, with the Saints. But it, for me, it would certainly be that way when you looked at it defensively. And you still left points on the board because oh, the yeah. interception was right. like, oh, oh no. Gosh. And right. you're like, why did you throw the ball there? Oh, but, me. man, you, you got to give this team a lot of credit in that things didn't go well. And you that one game in Cleveland, to me, kind of showed a little bit of heart and gristle that you wanted on a football team playing in that cold where it could have been easy to say, uh, you know what, nah, we, we, this, we ain't going nowhere this year, to win that game and then to beat the Eagles. And I, listen, it's not who you play, but when you play them, everybody got injuries, but how dominating you were uh, up front along the offensive-defensive lines, that really jumped out at me yesterday. And I think you, you talked about it, but that interception by, by Andy, and he, would want, he wanted it oh. back as soon as it left his hands, but if that doesn't happen – because what you know, I think the the Saints put another three at least on at the least board. A, and because then when you went into half at thirteen nothing, yeah, we've been there, done that, right? And so yeah. 
you have to you get you got to you had you, you still had their attention so to speak but that but doesn't Marshawn, happen oh yeah that's people say oh next man up that's a bunch of baloney mike i never believed that next man up stuff bob and i argue about that all the time okay it depends on who the man is okay uh marshawn Lattimore, he's the best player the saints have on defense and to not have him there for that length of time but he showed yesterday Hey, you need a play? I'll make one. And then all of a sudden, he starts guarding A.J. Brown, and we don't hear A.J.'s name being called too much (laughs) or at all. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore is a tilt-the-field player. When he's on and people, oh, look what happened with Jefferson. Okay, Jefferson makes a lot of uh, cornerbacks look bad. That wasn't a good day at the office. But Marshawn makes a difference, a big difference on that defense because he can basically take away one half of the field. And as the Saints have learned, and they learned this last year in Atlanta, defeating Atlanta, watching San Francisco and the Rams, you can't depend on anybody else. And watching Tampa Bay, who beat the Rams, probably shouldn't have, beat the Saints, probably shouldn't have, beat Arizona, probably shouldn't have, you knew what was coming. Even at 21-10, you knew what was coming yesterday in Tampa. Yeah, they got a horseshoe up the you-know-what. I mean, listen, no matter what, and Brady is terrific, yesterday – the Panthers were down to that third string corner. And, the, and man, Brady saw that. He went after Mike Evans and just absolutely tore him apart uh, throwing the football to Evans downfield. And listen, you got to break the chain. I, I lived next to a former pro coach for over 20 years. That's all his deal was about. I'm not talking about unleashing it, I'm talking about breaking it. And that's what they did yesterday. And if you give him a little bit of inkling, I don't care what age he is, he's going to catch you. He's just going to catch you. And he caught the Panthers yesterday. And they didn't really run the ball well. Goes to show the value of Vita Vey, of what he does in the middle. He shut down that Panther running game that I think had rushed for over 320 yards the week before against Detroit in some really bad field conditions. And you think about the weekend, and we kind of call it the weekend the way because of the new year. Saints go to Philly, beat a team that needed to win to, to get that top seed. LSU destroys Purdue and Tulane scores 15 or, or, you know, down 15 with 423 to play. What a, I mean, that's, that's just, that was just an awesome way to, to wrap it up. Mike, in doing this, and everybody was excited, certainly the Saints win uh, here at the Slipper, but, you know, and LSU was a big win. I've never heard the cheer go up for Tulane like it did on that, at first was ruled an incomplete and then ruled the completion. And, man, this place blew up here. Uh, So it goes to show, man, it was a great weekend for football in Louisiana to see the Saints win and Tulane and LSU. And I got to throw this out, too. My old boy, uh, good friend of mine, Sonny Dykes, who started his coaching career at Louisiana Tech and is now at TCU year one. He's got his team playing for the national championship. Got a lot of Louisiana boys on that team, too. I don't know why, but they do. Now, Sonny's not Spike's kid, is he? Yes. Yeah. I used, yeah. To, I used to work with at Spike. At Texas Tech? Yeah, at Texas Tech. I did the, it was, I did the Texas Tech coaches show for a couple oh, of years. Oh, with Mike Sonny? And, Mike, no, with Spike. Mike and Spike. Oh, with Spike. Well, with that's Spike. even better. He was a blast, <laughs> man. He used to say, well, I'd get your horse in a, in a ditch. And uh, he, was, he was just a great, great yeah, guy. Yeah, uh, and Sonny's got a lot of those sayings similar to Spike 
um, that he, you know, is kind of a Texas uh, twang with it. But, yeah. uh, man, he started out his head coaching career at Louisiana Tech, did a nice job there. Then he, I told him, you better not take that cow job because that's a burial ground for head coaches. Sure enough, after a couple of years, he was going pecan. Uh, but then he ended up at SMU and then, bang, uh, at TCU. So, yeah, yeah. Got, got a lot of yes. uh, Louisiana Texan connections. Uh, in closing, Spike Dykes used to say when he was trying to t- they had to tackle and guard Eric Metcalf, the Texas running back, he said, it's like trying to tackle Bambi. <laughs> 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 All right, my friend. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Appreciate Michael. your time. Happy All New right, Year. Happy and New thanks year to everybody as well for listening to the Saints Coaches Show. Mike Hoss, Bobby Aber, Dennis Allen, Peter Genta, and Mike Dettelier, and Charlie Long in a booth. Have a great week, everyone, and Happy New Year. Congrats to Tulane and to LSU as well. This has been the Saints Coaches Show on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.